dwell down the, down, the, down the road. I think the band's here. Is the band here? Come on up, guys. Uh, give it up for Brett Stone. <laughs> guys, welcome. Thanks for making it over here. Grab a seat. No worries. No. If you, lateness and youth work have, we don't care about it. We don't care about it. Yeah. It's right. In fact, if, you, if you're not late, what kind of youth worker are you? Do you know? <laughs> Prejudge. A good youth yeah. worker. Yeah, that's right. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you guys are no stranger to these talkbacks. Yes. Yeah. But I thought maybe we'd get started with maybe you introducing yourself. Uh, and, you know, we talk about what instrument you play because that's always fun. But I think it might be a little bit more in entertaining for us that you talk about your youth ministry experience when you perhaps were either in youth group or now maybe as a youth worker or something that you would just share with us because we got a bunch of people that invest their time weekly yeah. in students. So introduce yourself and tell us maybe your own personal experience with youth work. All right. um, my name is Bill. I'm the lead guitarist. Hi, guys. <laughs> I feel like we're in youth group. Uh, <laughs> Or A and A, yeah. Or A and A. We have a, problems. I've been clean for four uh, years. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, I'll tell you a little bit about the youth ministry thing. Um, so, I, our family, we kind of have a similar story. We are for my dad's from Indonesia, and my mom's from Iran. So, we grew up a big part of our life in Indonesia. Um, and so I didn't grow up doing this uh, youth ministry, didn't grow up in a youth group, because the culture is completely different. Um, we were, grew up a Christian, though, so um, it's just completely different. When we came here, people were like, what's Muslim? What, the, you know, that whole thing. They don't, just don't understand it. Like, they're my friends. They're like, you know, they're just normal people. They're nice people, so I haven't. So when we learned about Muslim here as growing up, it was like, no, that's wrong. I, I have good friends that were Muslims. They're, they're, they're really actually cool. So didn't do the whole Christmas thing because just the culture is completely different. Um, so we had to learn a lot about that here. And we learned about through, well, being in the band. So we started the, the youth ministry part. We started in um, when we started playing at youth camps and, um, you know, uh, in festivals like this or conferences so that's when we got to know and um, we realized there that holy smokes this is a this is a very important work this is a very important um, um, I guess defense line so to speak because just just seeing it from a from a you know from the other side of the world because for them in the Muslim community um, they don't have anything like this. So they're losing their uh, youth to the Christians because that's when they start converting because they start going to camps. They're putting, they're putting, you know, putting God, putting Jesus into, into their heart at a very young age. So when they turn 18, they make a decision. They have to leave their family, unfortunately, but they, that's what they have to do. They have to leave their family and become a Christian. And... Um, the Muslims have taken note of this lately, and they said, wow, if this keeps up in 2022 or something like that, right? Because Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world, so it's 86% Muslim or something like that. But they think in, in 2022 it's going to be flipped. 
because of the conversion. So that's crazy, right? Yes, amen. And uh, so we're very excited about that. We go to Indonesia almost every year. We try to at least and, and spend about a month there and try to pour into and invest into God's work there, you know. So, I th yeah, that's a long explanation no, of that. No, it's great. For some questions. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Cool. My name is Ben. Hello, everybody. Um, <laughs> right now, I can't see your faces because these are prescription and I'm blind as a bat, but I don't want to <laughs> wear these and look like a rock star. Uh, and <laughs> so I'm just going to do this, but I'll put it on later so I can see your faces. But anyways, uh, same story. One thing I did recall, though, as far as um, being in youth ministry or being at a, at a camp, I remember the first time we joined a camp was in Florida, right when we just started the band. And never being in a camp before, didn't understand the idea of what it was. And so here we thought we we're just going to play a set, like, you know, a concert set. And we've already got 12 songs lined up for it. We we're super pumped. We got there and we got talking to the director and like, all right, cool. So we have a session in the morning, a session in the evening, and we're going to do this pretty much five times throughout the week. And I'm like, so we play at every single session? They're like, yeah, like 30 minutes of worship. We're like, Oh, man, we don't have songs. So <laughs> needless to say, we play the same stuff over and over again, and uh, we learned from that. We're like, okay, next time we come to camp, we got to be prepared for a lot of songs. So, um, But that was my first experience at a camp and didn't understand. But it was amazing, though, get, getting to know because you spend five days of your life with the same group of kids, uh, same group of people, and you get to know their hearts, you get to know what they're going through in life, what their experiences are, and you get to be able to share, and maybe even, for me, learn from what other people are going through in their life. And so I think in a camp, um, especially at that age, it's like the most uh, absorbing part of their life, and it's a great opportunity that we get to be part of that. What role, uh, lead singers slash guitars and keyboards. So, yeah. My name is Jason. Hi, Jason. And uh, I play drums. Drums! <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. The drummers and, uh, have yeah. fun, man. All right. What do you have to say about me? That's right. <laughs> um, I grew up in youth group. Actually, my parents were my youth leaders for a while. And they... <laughs> That's a seminar though. for later. <laughs> It was great. It was great. And they passed it along to my oldest sister and brother-in-law. And then they were my youth leaders for a couple years until he became the pastor. And now he's my pastor. Um, yeah, until I moved away to be with these guys. But <laughs> I never – I didn't go to camp. I didn't do that until I was 18. I graduated high school. My graduation gift was Camp Electric, a music camp down in Nashville. So that was my first, like, me going away to camp. Cool. Uh, wow. This one's on. Uh, my name is Tim, and I don't know if you guys heard me, but hi. Uh, you guys gave Jason a great yes. Yeah. You guys you gave know? you gave Jason a great response for drums. I was I said to Jason, I was I wonder what they're gonna say about me. I am the bass player for Brett Stone. Uh, <laughs> I, I planned that. Yes, thank you very much. Um, uh, I've been playing bass for these guys for about seven years now, um, and my experience with youth ministry is kind of there's like a lot of it. I started going to youth group. Um, you know, when I was in youth age. Um, and then uh, I played bass guitar in my youth group for a long time. Um, and then eventually got to the point where uh, my older brother who helped plant the church that I'm a part of now, I led worship for my youth group for about uh, two years. Uh, played bass and sang uh, lead vocals. So 
yeah, that's kind of my experience with youth ministry. It was a lot of fun. I loved it. So, it's, it's Tim. I'm sorry. Yeah, my name's Tim. Yes. So, so, so I, I was walking past the Camp Creation tent. These guys did a talk back over there, and I heard Tim yell over the microphone, "I'm single and I'm available." <laughs> I'm like, I can't wait for the talk back with the youth leaders. So, if there's any single youth workers here, so. Uh, oh, we got. Hey. Match.com. I put my glasses on for this. Nah, I can Christian see. I can see. I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to stop talking now. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. I set up his profile yesterday. Sorry, Tim. Well, well I, can, uh, I can think of a thousand questions I'd want to ask these guys, but are there any questions uh, for the band about their music, about their ministry, anything specific? Okay. Cool shirt, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, how'd you come up with the name Bread of Stone? Actually, because, like, you know, I can imagine the conversation that you guys like, like, dude, we should totally, like, get a bread and make stoner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could work. <laughs> I, I, had, I, had, I had a girl who came up to me yesterday. It's like, I really, um, I wasn't expecting you guys because they saw us perform yesterday. I was like, I wasn't expecting that from you guys. And I was like, because the name Bread of Stone, I just keep thinking you guys like heavy metal or something. I'm like, wow. <laughs> uh, but no, the name Bread of Stone came about because uh, my brother shared a little bit about how we did not grow up as a musical family. We were never involved in music. And so one day um, our, we were sitting um, for dinner and our dad uh, told us the Lord wants us to start a music ministry. And this is at a time when we knew nothing about music. And so the whole idea of Bread of Stone implies that we are stones, meaning useless materials, um, incapable of doing what we need to do, but it's only through Jesus Christ that he's able to transform our life to become bread. So it's not that we're amazing players and we've grown up knowing music and then, you know, it just led to this band. But it's rather, um, it's a calling from God, even though we are inadequate, but God is a miracle worker and he's amazing and he's capable and he's transforming our lives so that we can become a blessing for other people. So that's what Bread of Stone is. Any other questions? Here, over there, here, there. Up. Is it a drummer-related question? Uh, no. Um, actually, where are you guys from, and like, what are you doing when you're not torn? We're from Sioux City, Iowa. So that's western part of Iowa. All of us. Jason originally is from Ohio, but we converted him, and now he's a Sioux Cityan. Um, <laughs> and when we are not playing music. Um, that's actually we don't do anything else except for this. Uh, we, this is our full-time uh, thing right now, and it's not just it's not just music. Um, we also do. My brother and I own a production company, and so all these guys get suckered into doing all that stuff too. Uh, and so, like for creation and stuff, Bill actually is the uh, manager of all the production that goes on in Creation East, Creation West, Sunshine. Uh, all other festivals, uh, Christian festivals, and then we help produce the uh, the stages as well. So it's a lot of work. Um, actually, when we're on the road, it's more like vacation for us because a lot of work happens before you know before we get on the road. Catch up on sleep for sure. Yeah, that's that's for sure for this guy especially. He sleeps a lot. Uh, but no, <laughs> this is our full time thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna stop talking now. You've heard this before. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a question. I, you know, this is such a relevant time right now for someone like yourself with your experience from Indonesia and this, this conversation about the Muslim faith, the Christian faith, and what are we called to do as Christ followers? 
you know, we're a, we're a competitive country. And somehow we think that, that maybe religion should be like a sport. We need to fight the other yeah. team. Uh, it'd be really exciting for you to challenge us as, as disciple makers. How can we best make a difference with this conversation about loving those that are of the Muslim faith? I think the biggest thing about, about that is um, perception, first of all, how we see them. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing that I had to talk to, like, my friends or, or whatever. When they talk about a Muslim, they just think it's just the word itself in, in the U.S. I feel like has a negative connotation to it. You know what I mean? Um, I, and, I mean, it's, in all fairness, it, you know, they, they have done some ugly stuff, you know, but it's not all Muslims. You know what I mean? Even, even the Muslims themselves hate those radicals or whatever you want to call them, you know. Um, but um, one thing that I notice is their conversion happens a lot of times is looking at more like seeing, oh, they have a different life than I do. You know what I'm saying? They, they, there's something about them that's different that I want to know about. That's usually what happens. And, and, and going around evangelizing to them doesn't really work because for them, that's the right thing to do. They were born that way. This is a lifestyle for them, you know? Um, Rooted deeply in family. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. They, their big goal is, you know, have as many kids as possible because this is what we're called to do, you know what I mean? Um, and, and that's different than, than the culture here, obviously, you know? And so I think being real, being just being who God calls you to be, being Christ-like, obviously, that draws their attention, you know? Uh, I think that's the easiest way to go in because we have friends that, are, that were uh, Muslims, and we never said anything to them that were like, oh, you need, you know, Jesus because what you're doing is, but you, you know what I mean? Like, we never challenged that, but, but at knowing them for a while, then they, they start asking questions. Well, I think to, to kind of cut in a little bit, um, the best the best way to portray it is like this. It's like if you got a used car salesman, right, and you're trying to sell a piece of junk, you're going to be saying all about this car. It's like, but wait a minute. This car has got a 500-horsepower Hemi in it. It's like this. It's blah, blah, blah. It's souped up, blah, blah, blah. You're trying to convince the buyer you need to buy this car. But when you have something really, really good, you don't have to tell the buyer anything about this good thing. They're going to want it, even though you're not telling them about this car. Yeah. And that's the difference that I see yeah. because if it takes a lot of persuasion that you should join our clan or you should follow this person, it's kind of a question, you know. But if you are drawn to it, just like a moth to a light, you know, it, that is what, that's the difference I see with Christianity. That's the difference I see with believers and followers of Jesus Christ because they, without our work, Yes. Without the work of man, they are drawn to Christ. Because Jesus even talked about how he will draw all men unto himself. And we've seen this with our own eyes, right? Uh, we meet the people. When we go to Indonesia, um, there's a whole group. And this is not like a public um, awareness thing or whatever. Like, but uh, it's, there's a whole group of people who are refugees from Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iran. Yeah. Um, and so they're leaving for political reasons. They're leaving for um, religious reasons um, under persecution, some of them. A lot of them, over, let's say over like 300 or so people, a lot of them are still of the Muslim faith, but there are some who are Christians. 
And one of the one particular family that is very distinctive because we have grown fond with them and really close is there's a husband who already was uh, converted to Christianity while he was still in Iran. And when he escaped, he escaped by himself because he didn't want to put his family in jeopardy. So he escaped out of Iran just saying, hey, told his wife, I have to go do uh, work, and the work's going to be out of the country for about a week, blah, blah, blah. Never told his wife anything about being Christian or anything, just left his wife and his one daughter. And so um, they grow suspicious, and the people around the community started asking her, where's your husband? Where's your husband? And so they started pursuing, thinking there's something wrong with this. And so she and her daughter fled the country as well. No communication whatsoever with their husband, right? Long story short, they somehow got into the same prison in Indonesia and met again, like met up in that prison, right? Got together. And so long story short, they got moved into a UN facility. Um, and, um, and so for the longest time after meeting us and our parents, um, the husband said, can you please convince my wife to follow Jesus Christ? Because I'm having a hard time telling her about who Jesus is. And my dad goes, no, I don't need to convince her. If, this, if she's meant to follow, she will follow. And he's like, what? can you just say something? Like, you know, Jesus loves you, Jesus died for you, or something, just anything to convince her. And I said, no, it's in God's timing. And so he was kind of devastated. They kept coming to this prayer meeting every day, right? And she was fed up. She didn't care about God. She doesn't want to know about this God or anything like that. She just, you know, turned a blind ear to the whole situation. Well, needless to say, Two weeks after that incident, the Holy Spirit himself did a miraculous work, revealed to her in dreams of this person, right? So it reminded her of her younger days when she was a child. She kept seeing this person in her dreams, and this person would tell her things that would guide her through the rest of her life, right? This person was light form. It's just all she could describe is just light, basically, right? And... She did not know who this person is until one day my dad said, Isa al-Masih. So in the, in the, in the Quran, uh, Jesus Christ is Isa al-Masih. And said, Isa al-Masih is the light. Jesus is the light. And when my dad said that during the prayer meeting, she wasn't even, she was just like somewhere off in the corner, not even paying attention. But when she heard that, she goes, that's the person I need to follow. I said, yeah, that's Jesus Christ. The light is Jesus Christ. And so it, it wasn't convincing anything. It was just this Holy Spirit moving to convince, to, to reveal to her the truth. And when that happened, her life just goes, okay, I'll follow Jesus Christ. No questions about it, you know. So the way I see with a lot of these things is oftentimes we want to make the difference. Oftentimes we want to convince people and say, I, I'll just give me one minute of your life, and I want to explain to you Jesus is the best thing ever. And we want to ingrain that in them. But sometimes that's not the case, you know. We just got to allow the Holy Spirit to move into uh, into that person's life, and when the timing is right, the Lord Himself will make her work. And then at the end of the day, we go, "It was not me, but it was the Lord that did all the work." And that is the beauty of what following the Lord is. Well, all I think about. the the difference that I see too that like a lot of times in here things have to make sense. You have to explain things. You know, we we live in that culture here, where over in the other side of the world, <laughs> it's completely different. You know, um, supernatural things happen, and they believe that. You know, and here you have to kind of explain God, and it's like you can't explain God. <laughs> he's a he's a being. You know what I mean? He, he's different. You know, you cannot explain him. So 
That's the that's the hardest part, I think. I've heard I've heard this uh, y- when you said the the dream. Yeah. I've heard that that's the Holy Spirit is doing that in Muslim oh, nations. Yes. Where dreams are are the way that people are coming to know Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And it's not just like one person at a time. Sometimes yep. in the communities that we met, yep. uh, people over in Manado, what happened is a whole village of maybe about over fifty people, every night. They would dream the same exact dream for like before five we would get before there. we would get there for f- like five days in a row. Everybody, and so they still have like some of these places still way out in the middle of nowhere. So they still go to the center of town to drop water, just like in the Bible times, you know, because they don't have running water. So they still go. So all these women would come, and they, you know, women chat a lot about <laughs> different things. <laughs> so no, that's really? not true. <laughs> so they start talking, and they're like, "So you know, how's your day?" It's like, "Yeah, you know what's weird? Last night I had this weird dream." about this person coming to me, extending his arm, but it was just, all I see was light. All I see was light, but I could see this arm extending and say, come. And they're like, no way, because I dreamt the same thing. And so you see all these people start chatting and they find realize what is going on. They're freaking out because they don't know what is going on until we come and they say, you know, he saw him, I say, it's like the light. But, and they're like, that's it. That's the person. Yeah. That's the one who has come and approached and said, come to me, come to me. And then it's like, well, you don't have to do anything. I mean, yeah. they're just like, baptize me. You know, it's just like, it's just as simple as that. It's like, yes, I will follow that. That is the person I want to follow. So it's like, well, we didn't really have to do anything. Right. When and the I Lord said he will prepare the way, he, he does. Yeah. He prepares the way. That's true. And it's a transformation of, it's a spiritual thing. You know what I mean? It's a transformation of the heart. Yes. And I think that's what we need to um, remember. You know what I mean? This, this, this thing that we see will go away. But the tra- that transformation of the spirit that's what is forever, you know? And I think trying to put that in an, an understanding is so hard. It's like trying to explain something you've never seen before, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so w- we're just thankful that we could be a part of this uh, whatever movement, <laughs> whatever God is doing, you know? And we're just, we just show up and kind of like, yeah, point them to the right direction, you know? Yeah. So that's great. Again, thousands of questions that I could keep going, but any any questions from you folks in regards to what we're hearing today? No one? Okay, well, I'll keep being selfish then. Oh, you got one here. Can you tell us some stories about the songs that you sing or a song you've written? Yeah, I could do that. Um, the latest one that we have, and you know what? I don't, did you guys see us perform anybody uh, yesterday? Some of you guys yeah. did. I said something wrong on stage. I said, like, the first 500 people can get free CD. That was totally wrong. Uh, Never listen to the lead It's for you singer. guys, actually. The CDs are for you guys um, as youth pastors and youth leaders. When you're here, um, I think it's available. I can't see oh, it back it's there. Back. It's in the There's back. The CDs are in the Somebody's back. Waiting. So it's waiting for you guys. You guys pick yeah. one up. That's Brittany. That's, that's <laughs> Bill's wife. So it's not for the 500 people. It's for you guys. Uh, so sorry to all the rest of the people. Um, but <laughs> but uh, you guys can pick it up. It's free for you guys. Uh, it's our appreciation. Same thing. It's actually not supposed to be out yet. Tomorrow it'll be out. So don't go around. Just tomorrow be like, I got the CD. Not today. Yeah, Because it's not supposed to be out yet. But um, but anyways, uh, the songs in the songs in the record, it, we title is called Hold the Light. Uh, the reason why we call it that is because our experience has been that, you know, oftentimes we want to see, we're so, 
we're a creature that wants to know. Even as we were little kids, we want to know, know everything. We want to know, know, know. Why? Why? Yeah, why? that's the question. It's like, why? 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 <laughs> we want to see far in advance, you know, and we'd pay a lot of money to know the future, basically, is what we're up to, right? Uh, for security reasons, so we, we could feel safe and secure. But what God gives a light is uh, a light unto my path, right? It's just right here, right in front of us. That's all we can see. And that's where faith comes. And you say, if you really, if we really love the Lord, then we would trust him, even though we cannot see ahead too far, but we trust him anyways. And if he says, go this way, you're like, I don't know. Where is it going to end up? I don't know. Where am I going? I'm not sure. But he says this way. So I'm going to go this way and I'm going to trust him every step of the way. And that's and that's the whole premise of um, w what we believe in, what we do and this new record when we're writing these songs. Um, fear is there because of uncertainty. And the enemy oftentimes used that as a tool to slow us down, to hold us back from becoming free. And it's a deception of the enemy that I see over and over again, the illusions that he brought, he brings to our life. And so we get so caught up in it and we're so afraid. Um, we're afraid to take the next step. We're afraid because, well, maybe what if this doesn't happen? What if this fails? And we're, we're living in fear rather than in freedom. And this is a way to say, listen, we don't have to buy into the lie of the enemies. We have Jesus Christ, and in him is freedom. In him, he is the light. And where there is light, there is perfect love, there is no fear. And that's what this, uh, the premise of the album, what we write about, is, is being not afraid and just being able to go forward and trust in the Lord our God. Yes. Uh, so besides Juju, since you guys are related, um, how did you guys all meet and like get started? How did we meet up and get started? Well, my brother and I, uh, we've known each other since I was born. Uh, <laughs> and that's how we started. But these guys could tell you a little bit. Jason, you should start because you're the newest member. Yeah, so two years, the first of this month, mark my two-year mark with these guys. Um, second birthday. Thank you. I'm two now. Um, <laughs> so uh, I was in music right out of high school. I was in another band. I left them due to moral reasons. You know, just I w it wasn't a good fit. Um, very blessed to be with these guys now. And I got a message one night. I was actually, it was kind of hard being out of music for a while. And I was coming home from church one night and just praying, asking God. I'm like, whatever it is I'm supposed to do, just make it very evident to me. And that night I received a email Tell me about these guys. They're like, hey, it's not released to the public yet, but their drummer's leaving. Here's their contact info if you're interested. So I emailed Ben and waited uh, maybe a week, and I emailed him again. Um, I never respond to his email until like a month later. And I mean <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was – In my defense, it was because yeah. his resume was too good. You know what I'm saying? I was afraid he was going to cost like a million dollar a month or something. To <laughs> so I was like, man, this guy's got all these endorsements and stuff. I was like, he's too good for us. So that's why I didn't respond back. <laughs> and you guys had other guys in the works. But <laughs> thankfully, Bill was like, hey, let's give this guy a shot. So, you know, they had me make a video, so I did. And uh, it was cool just how God put all the pieces together because I was not one to spend money. So I drove an old clunker of a car that would not have made it to Iowa. <laughs> um, but it took me getting in a car accident totaling that to finally get a good car that I could transport my drums in. And it was just crazy. The one day the lady put it out for sale – they were a Christian family. My parents just happened to drive by and see it. Ended up buying it, and they blessed me, and 
I can go see these guys. Um, so I went down for the audition. It was terrible. Uh, I couldn't have enough time to learn the song, so I was working full-time another job and stuff, so I knew one, and I kind of played that okay. The rest was just awful. Uh, but by the grace of God, <laughs> I am here today. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing we were not looking at the outside, but we're looking at the heart of the person, because if we were looking at the outside, he would not make the cut. No. <laughs> <laughs> now on to me. Uh, now, <laughs> Tim, tell us your story. Am I allowed to talk? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, she says no. Somebody said no out there. Yeah, I'm watching you. Uh, so, yeah, I've been with these guys for about seven years. Um, uh, we're from Sioux City, Iowa. I live about 20 minutes away from their house in South Dakota. Um, and uh, I was serving in my church, the church that I was telling you guys I played music in the youth band, that same church. Uh, one Sunday morning, um, a friend of mine came up to me and said, there's this band, Bread of Stone. I was like, oh, I've heard of them. You know, they're from Sioux City and stuff. And they need a bass player. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So then I, you know, went on my way and did some more Sunday morning things. And um, and then it's kind of interesting with me because, like, I didn't really, like, have a desire to go on the road or, you know, take my music elsewhere. I was pretty heavily involved, like, because, you know, the church I was part of, uh, I'll give you a little uh, history here. The church I was part of, my older brother helped plant. Um, and then my dad is a musician. So he helped to worship with him. And uh, so I was really heavily involved with that. So playing music and doing whatever they needed to be done at the church. I was there all week long, um, you know, at the church. Uh, so, um, and then I was also homeschooled uh, as well. Yeah, there we go. Um, uh, and then I have five other siblings, so very close to my family. So going on the road was not in my plans, <laughs> you know, leaving home. So, cause we're on the road, we're, we're usually on the road about 220 days a year. Um, we do this full time with the production of the band. Um, and uh, so, but I felt like the Lord kept bringing it back. I pushed it aside and I was like, ah, no, I'll just continue with what I'm doing. But then the Lord kept bringing it back and I pushed it away. And then, you know, it's kind of a, kind of a fight there, battle there. But so I went to my dad and I said, dad, I feel like the Lord's calling me to do this. And he, you know, said, okay, you know, like uh, he'd always taught me, follow the Lord, follow the Lord. If the Lord wants you to do go. So I was like, I feel like this is what the Lord wants me to do. Go, you know, go with these guys. So he said, okay, go for it. And I called Ben up and uh, went down to his house. The, they were just moving to their house uh, across town. And I, we went into his basement where there was just a desk. They were moving in, so that's all they had. And did an audition. And two weeks from then, uh, we were on the road. I left home for two months. And boy, you can imagine, uh, I think the farthest I've gone away from home was with my family in Minneapolis and uh, that was about it so leaving home going down to Florida and like south and east coast it was pretty uh, pretty intense for a homeschool boy from South Dakota you know like so this has been quite an experience it's been quite a ride and um, the Lord has really uh, changed my life um, in this whole experience so yeah good we have about uh, one more question before we're gonna let the guys go Thanks for sharing like like this, guys. But for someone that doesn't know your music and never heard of you until I walked in here today, who were your musical influences, and who would you say you're you're like? Um, in terms of like musically, who, who we sound like? Um, and and who who did you who influenced you as you were growing up and 
So for me and my brother, because we grew up in Indonesia, we didn't listen to a lot of music growing up at all. So we didn't start listening to music until the Lord called us to do music ministry. So wow. I was already in high school. Um, I mean, I've heard like classical music and stuff like that. And my dad showed like a couple Beatles songs, but we didn't really listen to We're music. We're definitely not like classical, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so... As soon as we heard about like Christian music and how we're supposed to be doing music ministry, we started going to Christian bookstores and buying CDs every single weekend. We're like two, three CDs. We're like Avalon, you know, Avalon. Yeah. Uh, we're like, whoa, Avalon, cool. Petra. We didn't know what was cool. We didn't know what was that. So we're like Michael W. Smith, PFR. We're like, cool. And then like Newsboys, these guys are awesome. You know, it's like. And then uh, DC Talk and stuff. So we just started listening to all these music. Like, it didn't matter what sort of genre they were. As long as it was, like, the newest CD out, we were, we were pre-order. Like, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Like, yeah! <laughs> I'm diving in, man. The Christian book. The cr <laughs> so, like, that was our experience with music. So anything that was Christian music, it, some, t some Bill Gaither stuff. Like, my, my dad had some, and we're like, yeah, Bill Gaither, dude. This is awesome. So that's all, like, we go from left to right. Everywhere we could find Christian music, we'd buy it. we just listen to it and um, trying to get some exposure to, oh, there's Christian music. This is really cool. So that was our experience in terms of influence. And so it's a whole plethora of anybody who's doing Christian music. We're just listening to it and just, like, soaking it all in. So that was our experience. I don't know about these guys. Um, I would say my biggest influence was from my hometown in Toledo, Ohio, Sanctus Real. I uh, grew up sure. going to all their shows, so, yeah. Um, I grew up listening to, like, uh, Lincoln Brewster, Hillsong United. Um, He's pretty young. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty young, yes. Uh, um, and then, yeah, DC Talk. I really like them. Like, I remember when I started playing bass, uh, I was 14. I would listen to, like, Remedy Drive, uh, Phil Keggy, and, like, DC Talk, and just, like, copy their bass player like just okay oh that's cool yeah I like that so I kind of got a lot of my ideas so I would just literally like learn songs learn songs just playing for hours and hours my dad was like here's my CD track thank you and I just I just use it like like I did, like it was going out of style so um, yeah that's kind of my whole thing and we sound like we sound like I don't know we sound like a I guess a mixture of a lot of different things because we play like a little bit of rock uh, pop so we're yeah we're The band yeah. Red. Uh, yeah, who are they? Do you <laughs> do you use any fire in your shows? That's all we need to know. No, I wear no a, I wear a red shirt sometimes. There you go. <laughs> That's close. Okay. Well, guys, it's been great having you, and thank thank you so much for making time today. Uh, as one last kind of challenge or encouragement, I know now you do uh, a lot of events where youth are involved, and I know you do a lot of camps and. Uh, I've been a fan of your work with the Millennial Tour and some of the things you're doing there. Uh, but can you encourage these people that are tirelessly dedicating hours to youth work and give us kind of, a, I guess, an encouragement, a rally cry to keep going and maybe wanting to get pray even for the group yeah, yeah. as we leave? Well, I'd say this. Okay, I know, like, youth, youth workers, you guys are amazing because when we do camps and stuff, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, I'm spending a week with these kids, and I'm like middle worn schoolers. out by middle schoolers. Yeah, middle, middle schoolers. <laughs> Lord help us all. Uh, I'm worn out at the end of the week, and I'm like, these guys get to go home and spend more time with these kids. Awesome. But this is the truth, though. Even if you love what you do, it's all good, right? That's the thing. It's like people go to us and like, man, you guys are like working hard, doing production, doing the band, running around all day. It's like, aren't you guys tired of being on the road all the time? I'm like, 
No, if you love what you do, it doesn't feel like it's a burden, right? It's not work, exactly. And so my encouragement is don't ever lose that love. Don't ever lose that, uh, that fire that's inside that God has placed. It's a special calling. Everybody here has that special calling to say, hey, invest in the future. Invest in what God is going to do with this new group of people. Right now it's called the millennials. Um, but this new generation that's coming up, that's what we're here for. And it's such a big, big uh, responsibility that God has placed in your lives, our lives as well. Um, and it's not, it's not a burden that's put on us, but rather um, it's something that we're to say, God, it's an honor. It's an honor that you have given us that responsibility. It's an honor that you, you could have chose anybody else. Um, I guess nobody else wants that, so they're like, we're <laughs> stuck with these guys. But, <laughs> but you could have chosen anybody else. But you've chosen me to be a part of this, and it's an honor. And honestly, it is an honor, right, guys? It's an honor for us to be able to be in the front lines uh, to influence and to, to show Christ um, in the lives of this youth. And so my encouragement is keep going, stay strong, and don't use your own efforts, don't use your own power, but allow the Spirit of the Lord to work in us. So, Hi, Ben. How, How are y'all you? doing? Good. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Ben Comer, and uh, I just, I, I just want to say... Oh yeah, what, you working on the norm it's, thing? It's like an AA yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's more celebrate recovery than AA, probably. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Clint. <laughs> I, I turn it over to Clinton. You never know what's going to come out, but it's going to be good. It's going to be positive recovery, all That's that. Right, yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's going to be refreshing, re healing. Something, something's going to happen. So I uh, am privileged to be able to work with Bill Arpino in kind of producing Creation Festival. So just as we're wrapping up, I just want to tell these guys thank you so much for all the production that they have done. So I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah. Sure. So just to kind of clue you in, okay? So just a little bit, I'm gonna give you a little insight. So last year, how many of y'all were here last year? Okay, wow. thank you for coming back. Um, <laughs> last year it was a lot of raindrops. Yeah. Just a little bit. Not so many people, okay? Um, we had three other, four, four other festivals, many of which had a lot of raindrops as well and other challenges. And so we had to make dramatic budgetary changes, dramatic. And these guys were essential in being able to help us do that. They helped us just with what, 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 excuse me, with what they're doing, but then also going and finding the other production things we needed at the price we needed, and we cannot thank them enough. So that's why we're so blessed. Thank you. Thank y'all so much. Besides, uh, besides their great ministry heart, besides that, which is, a, which is what initially made me want them to be on our team even more. Can you guys uh, pray for the, for the youth workers? Yeah. And then yeah. We'll, we'll let you go back to your schedule. I'm sure you got something next. So yes. please Thank pray you. for us. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you again so much, Lord, that you have brought us together uh, at creation. This is such an amazing event um, that we're allowed and that we're privileged to be a part of. This is your work in our lives. This is what you're doing. This might be just a short amount of time in a year that you have set aside and we have set aside uh, to be a part of your work. And Lord, especially for the youth workers, especially for the youth ministers that are here today, um, Lord, you have placed a special calling in their life. 
And my prayer is this, Lord. You know what is going on. You have this all in plan. And so for these people, I just want to thank you, Jesus. I want to thank you for what you are doing in their lives. We know and we understand that they're pouring their life into the next generation. But at the same time, they are being changed to become exactly who you want them to be. And, Lord, I pray that you continue to do the work in their lives, Lord, so that at the end, it's not about them, but it's about what you are doing in their life to transform their lives, Lord, so that they become exactly who you want them to be. Through all this, through the things that they do in their lives, through the things that they do with the youth, Lord, your interest is in them as individuals, in their heart, in their life, and you are seeking after them. And I pray that they will never, ever, ever stop seeking you. And that would focus their eyes and their love and their attention, their efforts, everything on you, Jesus. And let that light that is in them radiate all around them so that the people around them will see the true light, which is Jesus Christ. We thank you so much for your love. We thank you for your grace that is abounds in all our life. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you guys so much again. Thank you very much.